testimonies, that song. We're ready. Jeremiah chapter 1, please. My question is, who wants to be used of the Lord? Now, oh, I do. Think about it. Who wants to be used of the Lord? We're going to try to answer that question this morning. Jeremiah chapter 1 First verse says the words of Jeremiah. Drop down to verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, Jeremiah says, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I will send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for 
the sweet spirit we've had here. Lord, right through the song service, the special was wonderful, the testimonies. I sensed you, Lord. I want to sense you now in the preaching. Lord, I can't do this of myself. I need you, dear Holy Ghost, to speak to hearts through the preached word. Help me. Give me clarity of thought. Be with our other services that are going on at the same time. Bless each and every heart today. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we know that the Lord has chosen to use his creation, the people, the sheep of his flock, human instrumentality, uh, to carry out his purposes and his perfect will. God has used Jeremiah here, the prophet, Abraham and Moses and Nehemiah and Job and Joshua. These men and others that I'll mention, they were said to be the servants of the Lord. Uh, Daniel and David and Ezra and Joel and Haggai, Paul, servants of the Lord. Mary, the mother of our Savior. And of course, Jesus was the great servant in the Bible. All these are servants of the Lord. And God has made it available for some to serve him uh, through a call and through God working with them individually in so many different stories and so many different ways. But he would make his will known to them that he wanted them to be his spokesperson, his servant. All through the church dispensation, all through the Old Testament, even to this day, God called them and bid them. Uh, to do certain tasks. Uh, for sake of time this morning, Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, God told him to, uh, to get thee to the, uh, out of the country and, and uh, from thy kindred and to thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He didn't even know where he was going, but God said, I've got a, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. Moses in Exodus 3 and verse 10, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people out of Egypt. And Gideon, the Lord called him in Judge chapter 6, six and verse 14. Elijah in 1 Kings 19, verse 19. Isaiah the prophet, he said, Also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, Lord, send me. And that was their heart as God called. And we could, we could look to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. So many, so many faithful servants of the Lord one time did not know the Lord. And the Lord came in their life. And the Lord brought them unto him as their Savior. And then called them into his ministry to represent him. And, uh, you know, the Lord's still doing that. The Lord wants to call people to service his people. But, you know, who wants to be used of the Lord? Many times people want to go to church and they, they want salvation and they, they want a good marriage and they want a good family and they want all those great things. That, and that's good. That's, that's fitting. But who wants to serve the Lord? The Lord is looking for his people to serve him. And I'll say, and I, I represent any man of God, any teacher, any person, any deacon, any, any department leader, any Christian in the church that is serious about serving the Lord. What a privilege it is to be called of God, given a job to perform a task, a duty, amen, to oversee. What a privilege. 
Paul writes to Timothy, his young protege, his young preacher. In 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Oh, I'm so grateful the Lord put me in the ministry. So this morning I want to talk about to be used of God for his purposes. So many people today, they want to be used, but it's kind of like it's a position for them to take. But to be used of God for what God wants, what God is directing. I want to talk about the kind of people that God uses. What kind of people does God use? Upon inspection in the Bible, we see that there are people that sometimes don't look like they could be used. Sometimes we read about how they're saying, Lord, like, that's Jeremiah, I'm a child. You got the wrong guy, Lord. Moses tried to get out of his responsibility. Not me, Lord, I can't even speak. He said, don't worry about it, I'll give you Aaron and he'll be your spokesperson. He came up with all kinds of excuses why he couldn't do what God called him to do. But I want to ask you this morning, do you have a heart to be used of God? Some of you might think, well, I, I couldn't do that. I could never in a million years do it. I don't know that I could teach a class. I don't know that I could sing a song. I don't know that I could be an usher. I don't know. I just don't think I could live the Christian life. Oh, my goodness, you could. And you can. And you should. But you got to have a desire to do it. Who wants to serve the Lord? I do. The Lord is looking for people. And many will say, well, preacher, I'm just not fit for the master's use. None of us are. But you're a candidate to be called if you feel that way. God will use the humble, the one who feels like they're not much. And God does great things through people that will take the call of God upon their life. Who will submit to him. I want to consider the kind of people God uses today. And I've just got a few points and we'll be done today. First of all, God looks for a man or a, a woman, but in our text it's a man with some fear within their heart. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1. Look at verse 6. It says this, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Jeremiah didn't feel like he could do what God was calling him to do. Jeremiah was the kind of man that knew his limitations. Uh, I, I remember being called to the Lord, and I'll be quite honest with you, it scared me to death. I had come up to several excuses. I, and then I read about Moses doing that, and Jeremiah doing that, and others, and I realized oh, I'm not alone. But that's a good thing. Brother Sharkey's tonight going to sing, give a short testimony and sing tonight in our service. I said, are you ready? He goes, yeah, but he said, I, you know, I don't feel... I said, that's a good thing that you don't feel like, you know, comfortable with it. Or, I, you know, hey, God wants us not to think highly of ourselves. I'll be honest with you. There's some guys I'm leery of because I feel like they have too much self-confidence. Braggarts, uh, full of their ego. And, oh, boy, is he charismatic? Oh, is he so charming? Is she so charming? God's not looking for that mess. Required in a steward, and a man be found faithful. But God usually, he'll look for the, the lowly, the humble of spirit. 
I've been pleased through the years as I've talked to young couples, young men and women in the church, and there's been a position open for leadership, and, and it blesses my heart that you'll, you'll sit down and talk to them, and you'll tell them, hey, I, I feel like the Lord put you on my heart to be a deacon and a deacon's wife, and, our, and right away, oh, no, we don't, preacher, we're not, I don't think we can do, I like that rather than the guy say, yeah, I've been waiting for when you're going to get me in the service. It don't work that way. And by the way, I don't look for people that I say, hey, if you'll do this, 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 and this, and we'll make you a leader around here. I'm looking for the people that are already doing it for the Lord. Amen. It's not a list of qualifications that you meet, and then you come in the office and say, I'm ready. I'm going to be the greatest blessing you ever had in your life. No. Jeremiah said, Lord, I'm not, I'm not the one. I'm but a child. Lord, you sure you're right with this? You know, Jeremiah felt inferior. He felt unable to perform for God in power. He felt inadequate, feeble in performing the task that he knew needed to be accomplished. Jeremiah was the kind of man that he knew his limitations. He lived in a time where, uh, where the kingdom uh, kings were beginning to be the last to rule. He was around the end of the kingdom age. Jeremiah knew that it was a time of transition. He knew it was a time of instability within the kingdom. He knew it was a time of upheaval and unrest. And God had a message for his people. And he had a man that he chose to get the message delivered. And he approached Jeremiah. And Jeremiah didn't feel worthy. God's still looking for God-called servants to do his part to preach God's warnings. Jeremiah was called to preach warnings to the whole nation of Israel for their sin and for their iniquities. And that's why the Lord said to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces, just preach my word and I'll be with you. So often we're afraid of what people are going to think or say or do. Lord says, don't do that, look to me. But I have chosen you from among the world and to the nations. Notice that plural, to the nations. And I just might a side note here with all this mess in Virginia and New York and all the liberal states that are wanting to abort children after birth. Jeremiah, he was called from his womb. John the Baptist. You know, God had sanctified him. God had ordained him to be a prophet to the nations. Oh my goodness, America's in trouble. It, we're so much in trouble today. And it takes God's people to stand up and say something about it. It's wrong, it's wicked, it's evil, it's murder. I read an article just yesterday, I showed it to my wife. A little picture of a little boy born about 35 years ago, and the doctors came in and said, he'll not be viable. He'll not have a life. And we're recommending that you abort him. He was born with no arms. And in the article, he said, you know, my parents believed in life. And he said, you know, I learned how to dress myself and feed myself and bathe myself and 
He said, I went to school. He graduated with honors. He went on to get a degree from college with honors. He got married. He has two beautiful children today. He's highly successful uh, a businessman and a motivational speaker. And they said he wouldn't be viable. That's exactly what the governor of Virginia was saying. It's wrong. God says here, his prophet, I formed thee in the belly. I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Where would Israel have been without Jeremiah? Where would we be? Amen. That's just a side note. Let's stand up, Christians, and speak forth. They're going to stand up. Let's stand up. Let's say it's wrong. Let's call it what it is. Amen. But God called his man of God here. And he felt so unworthy, so unable, so incapable of carrying out God's orders. I imagine he thought to my Lord, anybody but me, anybody but me. But God put responsibility upon him and declared that he would be the one who would give the message of Jehovah God and his people. Uh, but he felt inept. He felt utterly weak. But uh, boy, God used him in a mighty way. You may feel that you're not capable, you're not available, you're not responsible enough. You may feel that, you know, I've messed up so much. Hey, God, if he calls you, he can use you. He can make you fit for service. I'm asking the question today among God's people, who wants to serve the Lord? Who wants to serve the Lord? Jeremiah Maybe even a little bit of shock. Say, why me, Lord? I, I, I can't do this. I can't do it. Listen, I understand those feelings. I've had them myself. Anybody's ever called in the service of the Lord, they feel that way. But the Lord will make you worthy. God will make you um, able to do what he wants. The Lord's response to Jeremiah, look at verse 7 with me. But the Lord said unto him, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. Verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. You know, God was very clear to him that Jeremiah, I know you feel I made a mistake, but I haven't. And I know exactly what you're going to do through my help. And God will use you if you want to be used. God has a weeding out process, though. In my 38 years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people say they were going to do this and they were going to do that. And again, some of them are very capable, very qualified, very charismatic, uh, <coughs> funny, uh, I mean, they're just talented, but then fizzle out and fall by the wayside. I don't know, maybe there's someone here today, God has called you and you know it, and you're trying not to do what God's called you to do. I'm going to tell you, it won't be easy. I, I'll tell you, I've met many on the road of life that were called of God and then years later regretted that they didn't do what God called them to do. They got busy with life. They got busy with jobs. They, they got busy with houses and lands. And they got busy with 
other things and they thought, well, I'll just do this. And I, Listen, you can do a lot of things for God. But if you're not doing what God calls you to do, then you're out of step with God. And you will regret it one day. It's not easy. But serve the Lord. And serve the Lord with gladness. I know a lot of Christians that are miserable. They're just miserable. Because they're not doing and haven't done what God had called them to do. Here's a man called of God. And he was a man that had fear in his heart. Not bad fear. Fear of man's a snare. The fear of God. Fear to offend God. Fear to grieve God. Fear to disobey God. Fear to disrespect God. Because he's God Almighty. You understand who we're dealing with here? Psalm 19.9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Psalm 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate, uh, to hate pride and arrogancy, the evil way, the forward mouth. God says, do I hate? Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs uh, 14, 26, the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Isaiah says in 33, 6, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. I'll tell you what, you can't serve the Lord without a Holy and healthy fear of who he is. Jeremiah. Who, who serves the Lord? Who's chosen of God? Who'll get the job done? A man or a woman who fears the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? I hope so. We live in a world that doesn't fear God. And there's a lot of God's people, the saints of God, that don't fear him like they used to fear him. Get involved in things mess around with stuff they know they are, thinking that they'll get away with it. Oh my goodness, we're talking about the God who knows all. I want to I serve him because, listen, I fear him. I fear him for who he is, and I fear him for what he can do, and I fear him because I love him and I respect him and I honor him, and I don't want to offend or hurt or grieve my God. Amen. Who wants to serve the Lord? You think what you do as a Christian that, that's not right is right to God? No. So, but I don't know. Change it. Ask God for the strength. God, ask God for the help. But change some things and serve the Lord. But you got to fear him again. Surrender to him. Yield to him. Surrender to what he wants for your life. Jeremiah was fearful. And therefore he was surrendered. And yielded and submitted, although he felt so unworthy and unable, he eventually did what God wanted him to do. The man or woman, second of all, who gets to be used of God, has fountains in their eyes. They haven't lost their tears. Jeremiah chapter 9, go on if you would in the book, just to the ninth chapter. It's interesting what Jeremiah says. Chapter 9, verse 1, Jeremiah says, Oh, that my head were waters, mine eyes as fountain of tears, 
that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughters of my people. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. You know, Jeremiah wasn't weeping for his own sin. He was weeping for the people of God and the sin they were involved in. It broke his heart. Jeremiah was not just an emotional man. I'm an emotional man. I, I, I get emotional sometimes. The beautiful singing that this church did this morning, it touched me. It moved me. Uh, there's several of us in the church. Paul Meyer, he's like uh, Kirsten over here. And Linda, so many are, 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 are soft-hearted, easy. It gets a hold of us. That's a good thing. One of the things that I love about Roger Henson so much is that he's such a soft-hearted preacher. I love that about him. Jeremiah wasn't an emotional man like that. Jeremiah was brokenhearted. Jeremiah 1, and, uh, chapter 9, verse 1, chapter 9 and verse 18, chapter 13, verse 17, chapter 14, verse 17. He wept. He wept for a burden of his people because they weren't fearing God. And he has that reputation. Weeping is a good sign of an attribute of a servant of the Lord. Soft-hearted, pliable, easy to work with. Amen? I don't have time this morning, but go to the book of Lamentations. And the whole book, the second book that Jeremiah wrote about was the, the weeping, the lamentation of the prophet. And why? Because of all the sins mentioned in that first chapter of Lamentations that Jeremiah saw in the people of God. Jeremiah was saddened and he was grieved and he was brought to tears of the wickedness and the words of God's people. Chapter 9, verse 1, Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears. I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time you had tears? When's the last time as a Christian you weren't so hard-hearted or indifferent? God, give us our tears back. Tears for souls, tears for the prodigals in our life, tears for our own sin and our own shortcomings. Where's our tears? God will use a servant that has fountains in their eyes. Amen. That'll do God's purposes, weep over sin. The Apostle Paul was the same way as Jeremiah. Acts 20, 31, therefore watch and remember that by a space of three years, Paul writes, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul led those people to Christ in those churches that he started, and he'd come back to visit them, and they were, they were in wrong doctrine, or they were back in sin, or they lived like they were before they were saved, and it broke Paul's heart, and he said, I prayed for you night and day with tears. Maybe there's loved ones in your life that used to have a burden for lost. You, loved ones in your life that got away from the Lord. Loved ones in your life, and you've lost your tears. Don't lose your tears. You know the song, tears are a language God understands. What about our daughters and our sons and our grandkids? What about our, 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 our siblings, our nieces, our nephews? What, what about our grandparents? and our, What about people in our life that we love and the they don't want anything to do with God or they fell away. Where's your tears? Oh, God, give us our tears. He was sensitive for the purpose of God. There's times I get hard and Holy Spirit will tell me, Steve Brown, you're hard. 
And I'll say, oh, God, forgive me. But sometimes it happens to us. Paul was one of the great saints used of God. And let me tell you something. Serving God is not a, just a roller coaster of fun. There's pain involved. And there's heartache and there's brokenheartedness and there's stubbornness of people in our lives. Paul went to the Jews in his day to try to win them and they rejected him. He was grieved as Jeremiah was. He was sad as Jeremiah was. He's concerned about what was going to happen to people that would not come under God's authority. As a parent, as a grandparent, it scares me to death sometimes of how God can chasten children. But listen, I'm a pastor and God can chasten God's people. And I don't know if I'd be a very good pastor if I wasn't concerned for those that, just, that are prodigals that need to come back to God. Because I'll tell you what, God spanks his children. And I watch some for years get spanked and spanked and spanked, and I think, why won't they turn to the Lord? But it's not mine. I can't do it. But the Lord can use us through his power to reach out to them and remind them that God is a loving God, gracious, long-suffering. He'll forgive us, and we can be reinstated in full fellowship with the Lord. Isn't that a blessing? This is how a pastor feels about his flock. It is. But this is also how a parent feels about a rebellious child. It's, it's, it's how a husband feels about a wayward wife. Think in the Bible. So much that the Lord talks about the sheep of his flock and, and, and the prodigal's father's pain and, and Hosea and Gomer, how his wife was unfaithful, but he went to the slave market of sin to redeem her back. There's so many stories in the Bible. They depict the heart of our God. He's brokenhearted. Amen. A wife with a hard-hearted and hard-headed husband who will not repent, who will not serve God. A friend weeping for a friend. Oh, there's so many scriptures. I'll just hit the highlights. 2 Kings 17, 13. Yet the Lord testified against Israel, against Judah, by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways. Jeremiah 25, 5, then said, Turn ye again now uh, from your evil ways, from your evil doings. Uh, Ezekiel 33, 11, Say unto them, As the Lord liveth, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. That's what the prophets preached. And that's why God said to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. I'm sure when he preached and proclaimed the word of the God, they were making faces angry. Hey, they, they tore Stephen. They gnashed on Stephen, the first martyr of the local church. Zechariah 1, 3, therefore saying to them, thus saith the Lord, turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, Zechariah 1, 4, but... But ye not, be not as your fathers whom the former prophets had cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord, turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. I don't know, maybe there's someone here today, and God had you come and sit here just to hear these words. Turn ye, repent, get back to God. Quit doing your own thing. I don't know. 
I'm just a paper boy. I'm the mailman today, okay? God called his prophets to prophesy, and they did. Isaiah said in 118, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as well. But preacher, you don't know how far down the road I've been and who hurt me and what happened. I don't. You're right, but God does. And he's a God of compassion. He's a God that understands where you're at. And he longs for you to come back to him, to serve him. Who wants to serve the Lord? I do. Do you? I hope you do. But you're in a decision today. The prophet Joel said, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Hey, there's going to be times in our lives that we all have to make a decision. And do you know when a preacher preaches, you make one at the end of the service? Teaching is great, but preaching calls for a response every time. And you're either going to say, yes, Lord, or no, Lord. Or, okay, I'll think about it. Or, you know, you're going to make some kind of response. Oh, let it be yes, Lord. Amen. Who wants to serve the Lord? Well, those that have the fear of God. Those that have tears in their eyes. And let me give you this one. A man or a woman with fire in their bones. Look at Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. In verse 9, remember, this is the guy who didn't want to serve the Lord because he didn't feel worthy, he didn't feel capable. In Jeremiah chapter 20, in verse 9, Then I said, Jeremiah, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Why? Because he had gone through so much, so much persecution, so much ridicule, so much rejection. He said, I'm done with this. And he goes on in, in 20 and verse 9 and says, But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. He said, I couldn't stay that way. I, I've got to serve the Lord. I've got to do what God's called me to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we need, young people, please, me. God wants to use you. He needs you. You're so blessed to be called of God, to have the opportunity to serve God. But he's looking for somebody that, that fears him and somebody that's not afraid to have tears again in their heart and in their life. And he's looking for somebody here that has a fire in their bones. What's happened to your zeal for God? Has there been a time in your life that, well, you were, you were on fire for God? Maybe when you first got saved and it was all new and you... You were enjoying that, or after a few years, you got a little bit of knowledge, and you started thinking about, oh, God's been so good. And look what God's done. The goodness of God ought to lead us to repentance. And let's be honest, God has been so good to us. We wait till the, we have so many blessed years of raising children and health for jobs and opportunity and God blesses us and blesses us. We get a little older. We have a little health problem. We go down the road a little bit. Maybe we have a loss of someone important in our life. And then we start questioning God. We start saying, well, God's not been good. Why did God do this? What about all the other 
So many other things that God has done. What about the track record of God in our life? How can we question him when something comes in our life? Listen, something's going to come in all of our lives. That's just life. Jeremiah was teaching in Sunday school this morning, Pastor Jeremiah, and he was talking about God giving him a good life. Amen, I said to him. I'm not just going to heaven when I die, which I am. I've got a wonderful life here. Has it been without sorrow? No. Has it been without pain, embarrassment, shame? Has it been without situations that have arised that broke my heart? No. But he's good. It's always good. Why do we blame God for things that he hasn't done? But he's such a good God, he'll forgive us. He'll comfort us. He'll say, hey, just get back on board. Come on, serve me again. Who wants to serve the Lord? Church? Or just sit and listen. Serve God part-time, whenever it's convenient. I don't know. That's, that doesn't sound like serving God to me. God will use you when you get the fire back in your heart, your bones. Amen. And I could talk this morning for time. I won't. I got so many notes here, you can't believe it. But anyway, the prophet knew maximum frustration. His soul was heavy. Frustration, hurt, discouragement, anger even. Full circle with the prophet. Chapter 20, verse 12. We're already there. Listen to what he says. But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous and seest the range of the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them for uh, uh, unto thee that I have opened my cause. He said, Lord, zap them. Now, that's my vernacular. That's my way. God, let me see that. He was so fed up with the way they treated him. He said, Lord, let them have it. Amen. Moses did that too, you know. Someone said it's good that Moses and God weren't on the same page the same day or they'd been in big trouble, right? Look at verse 13. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoer. And one, one verse, just a few verses later, he's praising the Lord again. It gets that way. We get down. We get discouraged. We feel sad, overwhelmed. But God is good, and he's worthy to be served. Ask God to give you your zeal back, your fire. Amen? There's an old song called Through It All. The words are, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation. That my trials come to only make me strong. And then he writes, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Oh, we need the fire back. I'll mention this and we're done. Last point. God is looking for a man with faith in his heart. Jeremiah had to reflect upon what he did, and then he went on and he, he said, Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor, the hand of the evildoer. 
Chapter 21, the Lord, which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord. See, Jeremiah knew that the hand of God was upon him, but it didn't mean that he didn't feel inadequate again or inferior again or frustrated again. He got so angry with the people of God, he wanted God to zap them. You know, I'll be honest with you, there are times in, as a pastor that I've, maybe I shouldn't confess this, but <laughs> you just feel like, the other day I was talking about, you feel like shaking, not that I, I'm not violent, I, I don't want to hurt, but you have these, why can't they hear? Why don't they turn? Why don't they change? You know, if you've, if you've lived your life, there have been people in your life that you love and you're grieved over and, and it just doesn't seem for, they care. Right. Don't give up. God never gives up on us. Here's what he says. Come and serve me again. My question today is the church, who wants to serve the Lord? We don't need any more used to wazers. You know, I used to do this, and I used to do that, and I was this, and I was that. God wants present tense servants. How long has it been since you cried? How long has it been since you lifted up your voice in praise? How long has it been that you have fire in you for God? How long has it been since you feared the Lord like you know you ought? Let's bow our heads if we would, every head bowed this morning.